at Bertha Charuma One on Twitter. And this is Night Talk, standing in for Oliver. And we're going to talk about, you know, organ donation, but also just to remind you that uh, we do have open line top of the hour. That's at 11 right up until 12 midnight where we can talk about issues that are affecting us. Maybe it could be something exciting, maybe something uh, that you feel need to be shared that's uplifting. Everything is open and we do have that whole hour for open line. Uh, make sure you do share with us whatever it is uh, that you would like to share, your thoughts, your opinions, whatever you want to share with us. Uh, coming up, I've got our guest, that's uh, Stella de Kock, Managing Director at Tel. Stella was diagno- diagnosed with uh, end-stage um, end renal failure in 2011 at the age of 35 and has been going through, I think, his dialysis since then. She has a BCom Honours degree in Strategic Communication Management as well as a program in Project uh, Management Certificate and has been on the waiting list for kidney since 2012. And unlike her kidney function, which is almost non-existent, Stella applies her skills, time to tell. She enjoys traveling, scuba diving, and, you know, she does all kinds of things. I like the fact that, you know, the spirit is of let's move forward and let's be positive. And uh, today we'll be chatting to, to Stella about, uh, you know, organ donation, what you need to know, how you can donate, where you need to go, and also just alleviate some of the fears that we have. Good evening and a warm welcome to Night Talk, Stella. Thank you so much, Bertha. I really appreciate the opportunity. So let's talk about what you've been going through 2011 2012 that's a long time yes yes uh, so uh, the reason why i um, got kidney failure was it's a hereditary autoimmune disease but i didn't have any signs or symptoms so we didn't know that there was anything wrong so as you said up until the age of 35 i was living my life working traveling you know it's going about your business and one morning I woke up, my foot was painful, went to the doctor and he said, in stage renal failure, please go to the ICU. So that's typical what they call a crash land because people can lose up to 90% of your kidney function without so, uh, showing any signs or symptoms. Oh. So we know that approximately, what, 4,700 people are waiting for a life-saving organ or cornea transplant in South Africa, but only 0.2% of our population are registered as organ donors. And organ and tissue donation is, is apparently very simple. And it's a simple choice that will cost you nothing but a few minutes of your time um, to register. So maybe let's unpack some of the work that you do with TEL. Yeah, so tell us, as you uh, to celebrate our first anniversary uh, today, so we partner. We now... We uh, Stella, uh, Stella, yes. I, I think I have a little bit of a challenge with your line. It's breaking and I can't hear. Let me just uh, reconnect. It will take a few seconds and we'll reconnect. Um, okay. The lines are opened. Your views, your opinions. Will you donate? Would you donate? Uh, send us your voice notes on 0614104107. That's 0614104107. Or give us a call on 0860002032. Is it something that you would do without thinking or um, you would actually have to reconsider and uh, 
make sure you know you you are absolutely sure this is something you're going to do let's try our line uh once again stella yes sorry about great that. stuff much okay. better by far yes so we were talking about the registration uh you know number and what uh, such a low percentage of people actually had the conversation with their loved ones or even thought about organ and tissue donation so in South Africa, we've got a low rate of donation as well. Not just people who actually, you know, took the step to register. It's a great first step. But the most important part is to have the conversation with your family. Because they are the ones who, at the end of the day, will need to give consent for organ and tissue donation. It doesn't matter what's in your will. If you've got, you know, organ donation tattooed on your forehead, if your family doesn't give consent, uh, the process won't start. And that's also the wordplay on tell, is tell your family, tell your friends, that one day when you pass away, you want to save up to eight people's lives, that's with organ donation, and you can improve the life of up to 50 people with tissue donation. Mm. And I mean, what has been your experience with the culture of donating in South Africa? The thing is just if you talk to people, uh, the greatest myth is first is knowledge. Uh, the education, as I said, people don't think about organ donation until it's a friend or it's their family member who actually need an organ. So it's awareness and then there's a lot of myths as well. So for instance, people think age restriction. There's no age restriction at the, at the time of your death. They will do an assessment, uh, that's a transplant coordinator, on the health of your organs and your tissue and see which organs and what tissue can be donated. For instance, two years ago, they donated a liver from an 80-year-old. So, again, no age restriction. Then there's no cost involved, as you mentioned. It won't delay your funeral. Um, it's absolutely a respectful operation that takes place in theater with an anesthesiologist. Everyone is like in a surgical, you know, field. So it's a proper surgical operation. Uh, you can still have an open casket and most religions do support organ donation. Mm. And, and how many people are registered to donate in South Africa? The thing is just that number isn't always clear, but, um, at the end of the day, as I said, it's registration is good for awareness, but the only way to be an organ donor if your family gives consent. Mm. And what is allowed by, by the law in terms of what donors are allowed to do? Uh, in that sense, uh, so for instance, for a, a deceased donor, that would be their family need to give consent, but you can be a living donor for a kidney or a, a part of your liver. And that's, again, it's a voluntary um, gift. So there can't be any exchange of, of money or any gratuity towards the, the donor. Um, so that's, again, it's a, it's a gift that you give. So in, in South Africa, the, the, like I said, the only way that you can be an organ donor if you're living a donor or if your family gives consent for deceased donation. And can you actually decide who you want to donate to? And if it's such a case, the person you've identified you want to donate to is not a match, can you then go back and say, I've changed my mind, I want to keep my kidney? Yes. I mean, during the workup process, that's where they determine if the 
living donor is healthy enough to one, uh, you know, live with a, uh, one kidney uh, in a healthy way, and also if they emotionally ready for it. So any time during this whole process, they do get a proper medical checkup, and it takes about a year for that workup. So if you're now a living donor, and during any time, you can then say stop. I don't want to go ahead with this. So for the living donation, you can identify a specific person, but you can also be an altruistic donor if you say, I want to donate to anyone who is on the list. Mm. You know, we've watched so many shows where, you know, medical shows, and they talk about a list of, of donors or, you know, where you are going to get a kidney or whatever it is. So in, in South Africa, just... Just out of interest, how does the country's organ donor list work in terms of priority? Is it, do they look at priority? What happens here? Yes. So um, the kidneys, um, for instance, you can be on, on, like I said, it takes about for the, for the uh, recipient as well. It's almost like a year uh, workup process that you need to go through all the tests to make sure that you are also healthy enough to survive the operation. So unfortunately, not everyone that needs an organ will receive an organ. But uh, like I said, you do go through a medical as well as a psychological test to, to know that you will be able to look after this organ once it's transplanted because you need to take anti-rejection medication for the rest of your life. And you need to take it every 12 hours. You need to be very strict and also live a healthy life and really make the most of it because organs is a really scarce uh, resource in South Africa. So in that sense, they need to make sure that, I don't want to say a, a deserving recipient because uh, you can be a, it's not if you're a nice person that you do get it, It's but it's a sense of you are responsible. You can take responsibility for, for this organ. Um so it's a very strict process that you go through. And then on the list itself, um, that would be the, the kidneys have got, uh, they uh, listed with the transplant units. So you would, for instance, have a list for Johannesburg, a list for Pretoria, Cape Town, and Durban. So that's the most areas where the transplants take place. And... Uh, that would be per region, but the other organs are national because they don't have something like dialysis to keep them alive. So that would be when a heart becomes available, it's the person on the list who's the best match. So that's blood group as well as tissue matching and as well who's healthy at that stage. Because if you say, for instance, you've got the flu, then they won't transplant you. Oh, and what in the case where the recipient, the one who's received an organ, is a little is a little bit reckless? Yes, they are a little bit reckless, and something happens. They lose the organ that they've been given, and now they want to come back for a second one. Is there a second chance? It depends on the reason why they lost it. If they didn't look after the organ, they would be demerited. Um, you know, so and it it will really because it's a panel decides. And they do monitor you so closely that they will pick up if you're not looking after this organ. So they would be uh, like, they would talk to you and make sure that they seem, listen, you're you're not looking after this this organ. So you go for various uh, checkups 
after the operation as well. We'll continue with our conversation. Uh, we're just going to take a small break. I'm speaking to Stella de Kock, Managing Director at TEL. Um, and um, TEL basically is standing for Transplant Education for Living Legacies and uh, was created in part to educate South Africans about organ and tissue donation. Two of the three foundations received life-saving lung transplants, transplants which not only gave them a second chance at life, but also put them in the unique position to make a difference in the transplant community. I think education is the way to go because I know we all have this belief that, you know, if I donate my organ, then what will happen? And then there's also this myth that if I donate, for instance, my heart, if I go, the person who receives my heart may take on my personality. We will try and uh, find out if that is the case. That is if we can. But otherwise, we are in conversation. Don't forget to use also our WhatsApp line if you'd like to share. Maybe you have some insight uh, maybe you have a question, 0614-104-107. You can send us a voice note on that line. Let's take a small break. We'll be back. Night Talk, Monday to Thursdays, 10 to midnight. Bertha Charuma on SAFM. And I'm standing in for Oliver. So coming back to our conversation, I'm speaking to Stella de Kock, Managing Director at TEL. Stella, welcome back. Thank you so much, Bertha. Yes, uh, you talked about um, the personality, and that's yes. really I'm like smiling because <laughs> that's a lot of a lot of people have you know this. It's almost like anecdotal stories of someone now suddenly eating something that they never used to like crave before, and that's usually the first thing is the medication that you take. You take high doses of cortisone. And I don't know if the listeners who's ever been on cortisone will tell you that your appetite increases uh, as well as being, sometimes you get hair growth. Sometimes it's actually that your hair falls out. So there's all side effects to this immune suppressant medication um, that will influence the way that you uh, react. So it's physical, but also emotional. And some people are for the first time in their life actually feeling alive. It's a second chance at life. Because if you, um, like for instance, Alice, she was so ill before her transplant that she never actually were able to do a lot. And after her transplant, she competed in the World Transplant Games. Uh, you know, after her second transplant, she's now, you know, studying and working full-time. So it's really, people also need to take uh, understand that you are basically at death's door, and now suddenly someone, family, gave consent, and they're giving you life. So that's so profound. Mm, it is. And then in this, I know, like, for instance, when you've signed a document that says you would like, when you die, you would like to donate your organs. If by any chance you are involved in an accident and you're fit and you're healthy, um, the chances of, you know, the organization that takes your organs, do they immediately take the organs? And if there's a contesting family member, how, how do you deal with that? So the paramedics and the doctors in the ER, they don't care about organ donation. They want to save your life. That's the first thing. They don't have access 
to a database like in the States or, you know, in other countries. And I know it's a really a nice line for a for a film or a series where the same doctors are, you know, say, okay, but my patient needs a kidney and he operates and he gives the kidney to the same, you know, patient. So that is not the case. So the paramedics only want to save your life. It doesn't matter what written document you have on you. Um, if the family doesn't give consent, the process won't start. And if one family member disagree, the transplant coordinator would rather walk away because they don't want to cause trauma for the family. So the whole family needs to agree. And that's why it's so important that people have the discussion with their family while everyone is healthy and calm that they can, you know, explore this um, topic and discuss it and, you know, read more about it, but also read from reliable sources, um, you know, and go and speak to your spiritual leader and see what they take us on, on this. But like I said, most religions do support organ donation. Mm. I've got a question from Zukisi. Uh, he's asking, says, please ask for me. Um, if so, is, says, ask for me if someone can donate same organ that was donated to them previously. No. So it's unfortunately, it's just a one, one use. You can't, so for instance, if I receive a kidney I, uh, and I die, they can't re-transplant that organ. Mm. And how long does it generally take for someone uh, to, to be, you know, to take, uh, you know, to get an organ if you're on the organ donation list? So for the recipients, it depends on which organ. So because there's dialysis, dialysis is a process, it's almost like a washing machine for your blood. So they do 15% of the function of your kidney. So they, it, it is a treatment option, but a transplant is a better treatment option, and especially for kids. Because currently there's about 140 kids nationwide waiting for a kidney. This year there was only seven kids who got uh, transplanted, uh, you know, who received one kidney. So that is really a low rate. And, you know, the kids have standard growth. They can't go to school full time. Uh, they're restricted on their fluid intake, on their, um, you know, diet. And even for a grown-up, for me, it's difficult. So I can only imagine how a child must deal with that. For the liver, heart, and lungs, they will list you if you've got a year left because there's no other, uh, like, treatment available. Because uh, organ transplant is the last medical step that they can do for you so obviously they've tried everything else and then the last step is organ mm. and then what happens for instance in terms of payment i have decided i want to donate i'm not on medical aid i'm just bertha who's on the streets but i want to give something who then takes care of that whole process financially Financially, that would be the recipient's medical aid, or if they are state patients, then the state would pay. So for all the workup tests, uh, the operation, all of that would then go through the medical aid of the recipient, and that's an ex gratia um, payment, or the government would then pay for the test and, and the workup. So it's no cost to the living donor, or for the deceased donor, there's no cost involved. 
And how do we try and encourage um, the citizens of, 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 of our country, South Africans, to donate? How do we do this effectively? I would say to think of it as it's a community. So you give back to the community, your community benefits. So remember someone who's on dialysis, you basically take off, off 12 hours of their week that they can't work, so they're not economically contributing to the community. That is like someone for the children, like I said, they can't go to school full-time. They do, uh, you know, can go to school, obviously, but, I mean, it's a, it's a lot disruptive to their schooling. For the adults, you do get a lot of the breadwinners can't work full-time. So just think of it as if it's your child, you would want someone to say yes and save their lives because people need to think of you're six times more likely to need an organ than you will be able to donate one. Mm. And actually, just before I let you go, because I know I, I'm going to have to let you go in just a few minutes' time, if you are a worker, you're somebody who's employed, who then looks after, I mean, for, you said how many weeks do you have to be off work? Well, it's you know, for dialysis, it's three times a week for four hours at a time. If you do hemodialysis, you can also do it at, at night at home. It's just a different dialysis. But it's basically 12 hours a week that mm. you you don't have. And if I'm a donor of a kidney, I need to recover clearly. But maybe then it means I need to take days off from work. Who then looks after that particular payment where I'm away from work when I have decided to give away something to the community? Which is a yeah, good deed. Yes, it's a good deed, but unfortunately, they cannot compensate you. Um, so that would be a lot of the companies would actually give their uh, employees like uh, medical leave for that time because they did something so, so amazing. And some of the countries do compensate for the time off, but currently in South Africa, it's unfortunately not. I've got a very important question, but I have to go to news. If you don't mind, uh, I would like to ask that question. Somebody's asking about uh, a heart transplant, and I think it would be negligent of me if I don't take that question. Um, just, not a problem. If you can hold on for me, I'd greatly appreciate it. Let's go to news, and it is Night Talk. And when we get back, we continue our conversation. I'm speaking to Stella de Kock, Managing Director at Tell. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. Night Talk, giving you depth and texture to the conversations that matter. It is Night Talk. I'm in for Oliver. It's Bertha Charuma. And thanks to Dineo for uh, sitting on the news desk. Uh, continuing with our conversation, Stella de Kock is our guest and she's the managing director at TEL. And we are talking about organ donation and trying to encourage as many South Africans as, as we can uh, to donate, to literally register to donate our organs. And this can only take a bit of education and understanding and demystifying some of the myths that are out there and your contribution in terms of your opinions, whatever is on your mind, um, are totally welcome. 0614-104-107. I do have, let me start off with a voice note and I also have another WhatsApp uh, that was talking about a heart failure. Uh, I'll get to that just after the voice note. Let's go to the voice note. On organ donations 
There was sometimes uh, years ago someone who came to SAFM. I think she was coming from a department. I forgot the name, but from Vets University, uh, who uh, suggested or encouraged that, in fact, one can uh, donate the whole body, um, especially for uh, study purposes uh, for medical students at the universities. Uh, can that be done as part of organ donation? Ganjo. Let's come back to Stella. Welcome Thank back. You. Thank you so much, Bertha. Yes, so whole body donation to a higher learning institute like a university, like the person mentioned, Fitch University, that's a, a different um, kind of donation because the Universities require the body to be whole, so they can't uh, take out the organs and then kind of like donate the body afterwards. So that would be in, I would say, try the first step. If you're not eligible to an organ or tissue donor, then donate your body uh, to a university. But that would be something that the person themselves need to fill in the forms beforehand and say, I bequest my uh, body for for research purposes so that's a a bit of a different process to follow Mm. i've got a question here it says hi may you please ask uh, the guest about the cost of transplant my cousin had a heart failure and was on the list for a heart transplant they said that the cost of the surgery was close to three million rand but i didn't believe that it sounds way too much the thing is just that uh, it's a very expensive operation. For instance, a kidney transplant, because of the way that the operation is done, where the organ is placed, so forth, that works around about 100,000 rand. A lung transplant is about a million. So if he says 3 million for a heart transplant, yes, I, I can believe that. I don't have the exact number for heart transplant, but I know lung transplant is more or less a million rand. So that is, again, the amount of, because it's a very specialized operation, um, the surgeons need to have experience in that field. Um, so it's, it's a whole surgical team. But then as well as, you know, remember, you've been two operations. So one is for the retrieval of the organs. The other is to transplant the organs. So it's two theaters. And, uh, for instance, a lung transplant can take nine to ten hours. Um, and then it's also a long period of recovery uh, that the lung uh, transplant recipients, they usually stay in hospital for up to three months in ICU, where a kidney transplant recipient would, probably stay a week or two um so it's for each you know transplant it's a different criteria Mm. now there's a a lady this is just a case that we found where a a certain stevenson didn't um well basically donated her kidney to her boss so she went in donated her kidney but then unfortunately uh when the boss received the kidney uh, she wasn't as 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 beautifully receptive as expected. She was basically ungrateful, 
and she also then lost her job and um, she's been fighting this case for a long long time i mean do you do you have a right as a donor if someone is ungrateful yeah that's unfortunately because you give the gift voluntarily and you don't expect anything in return because that is the, the basis for it. So, you know, it, it would be something that you need to know as a donor that you are giving that gift. And most of the recipients do look after their gifts um, very, very gratefully. And it's unfortunately you would get one or two cases where it turns out not the way that it, it's it's not a happy ending. But, I mean, we've got loads of stories on our website where it's just the recipients are so, so grateful for the second chance at, at life. So, unfortunately, no strings attached. Wow. Well, Stella, it's really been a pleasure chatting to you. Um, maybe we need a site, some numbers, contact information, if one would like to find out more info uh, in regards to donating. Where do we go? So you can go to Tell's website. Um, so it's tell, T-E-L-L, dot org, dot Z-A. We are on social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, and it's at T-E-L-L-O-R-G-Z-A, or just search for Transplant Education for Living Legacies, or they can email us at info at tell dot org dot za any questions we'll try and answer if we don't have the answer we'll find you the answer great stella de Kock, managing director at tell thank you so much for joining us on night talk thank you so much Bertha. have a lovely evening same to you